0: hi hello my name is courtney and you can call me courtney and this is the wicked sisters podcast oh my gosh is that a new haircut it looks great on you oh it isn't well your hair looks fabulous regardless i'm a witch i know these things now the last time i released an episode i said that Erin and i would be back soon with another clearly I am a liar, but you know, with the holiday season and trying to visit like family, along with me moving the week before Christmas, which was so fucking good, and then having my place flood, like my new house flood, that was like great as well. Um, so there was like literally no time to sit down and record anything because yes, and also I live three hours away from Aaron now, so. <laughs> So um, the next episode I was going to do, I really want to do with Erin. So i got to wait for her. Um, Hopefully I'm seeing her this weekend. So, yay, fingers crossed. But today I thought we could sit down and I can tell you guys all about the Crescent Hotel. Located in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Okay, so let me just tell you something. I find it really fucking hard to read the word Arkansas. (laughs) Because like whenever I say it, my brain really wants me to say "Ah, Arkansas. And I don't know why. (laughs) So anyway, the Crescent Hotel is supposedly the most haunted hotel in America. I was looking at their website and they have so much to offer. It's fucking wild. So they've got like ghost tours. They've got um, paranormal weekends, paranormal investigations, and then like a kid's ghost tour, which is something my daughter would absolutely fucking love. She's a spooky baby. I really want to go. I think I could convince a few peeps to come along with me. So... The Crescent Hotel was built in 1886 and is officially known as a hotel and spa. I've obviously seen photos, but I've also seen the town the hotel is located in. And let me just say, the place looks fucking haunted. Like it's got this eerie, whimsical beauty surrounding it. And I would live there. Like I would literally pack up all my shit just to live there. It looks so goddamn pretty. So, but like, I also demand that everybody right now go and Google it so you can see what I'm talking about. Pause this and Google it. I will wait for you, okay? Okay, I'm waiting. You're back, coolies, yay. Did you see it? It's so pretty. So yeah, it was built in 1886 by Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Frisco Railroad. And it sits on about 27 acres at the north end of West Mountain, which overlooks the valley and the town. Like seriously guys, it's so fucking pretty. <laughs> the hotel also has a very interesting history of cats and I fucking love it. So get ready. In um 1973, hotel records showed that an orange tabby cat by the name of Morris walked into the hotel and just like stayed for 21 fucking years. Do cats live that long? Somebody please tell me. <laughs> it gets better though because that cat was referred to as the general manager of the hotel. They built him a fucking kitty door and everybody loved Morris. So they'd see him either inside or outside or even in the town. And get this, when Morris finally decided he wanted to pass on, over 300 people came to the funeral of this badass fucking cat. 300 people! You can even go to Morris's headstone that is located on the hotel grounds. The hotel also has a photo of Morris and a poem under the photo which reads, I'm going to read it to you. In memory of Morris, the resident cat at the Crescent Hotel. He filled his position exceedingly well. The general manager title he wore was printed right there on his own office door. He acted as greeter and sometimes as guide. Whatever his duties, he did them with pride. He chose his own hours and set his own pace. The guests were impressed with his manners and grace. Upstairs and down, he kept everything nice. They might have had ghosts, but they never had mice. How fucking cute is that? Oh my God. I love it so much. Okay. So, now let's head back to 1908, to the Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women. Because that doesn't sound like the start of a horror movie, right? <laughs> so, it was an exclusive boarding school for young women. The college was operated out of the Crescent Hotel that was opened on September 23rd, 1908. The college operated between September and June, and when the summer months approached, the college closed and the hotel opened. It remained a women's college until 1925 and then shut down because it ran out of funding but during the time it operated the school restricted enrollment to only 88 students which like i thought i would find something out about um the women's college like i thought something bad had happened there so i was like digging i was finding everything that i could possibly find and nothing bad happened like nothing that i could find happened like drastically during that time like there's so many photos and they look so nice of the girls like they're just having fun they um at the college as well they were teaching these young women to read write they were teaching them science they were teaching them maths like it was just a jolly good time but now we're going to go into like the gross stuff we are now going to talk about norman Motherfucking baker guys i promise you you will hate him as much as i do Now, the reason why the Crescent Hotel is so haunted or why it's believed to be so haunted is thanks to Norman because he's a cunt, okay? I'll explain. Norman Baker was born in 1882 and he dabbled in a number of money-making ventures, traveling mind-reading act, inventor, etc. Anyway, he bought the Crescent Hotel in the late 1930s, and for the next two week, two years i always said weeks no it was two years normie turns the hotel into a cancer hospital i'm using air quotes by the way you can't tell because you can't see me i am invisible anywho normie was a wasn't a fucking doctor okay he was a radio broadcaster and a fucking magician <laughs> you see i don't know how he thought he could be a radio broadcaster broadcaster slash magician but then tell people he's a doctor doctors go to school sir do you go to school? Do you go to doctor school? I don't think so. You liar. You're a liar. Okay. It gets worse though because this guy became rich by selling a musical instrument called the air cal calal. Cala- la- 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 la. <laughs> Hang on, I can get it. Kalia phone? I don't know. That's it's just, eh, eh whatever. Which is essentially it's essentially like a piano booth with like these tubes sticking out of the top of it. It's like this tiny piano. It's like a keyboard with some tubes. So let's recap. Normie is a radio broadcaster, a magician, and a musical instrument investor and salesman. I see doctor nowhere, but Normie, before he, before, like, he bought the hotel, he hopped into his little radio booth, um, which he launched in 1925, and started announcing to everyone that they should declare war upon big business and the American Medical Association. He also used the station to promote his cure and slander his personal enemies. Normie believes that organized medicine was corrupt and chose profits over patients. Which, yes, I agree with to an extent. But as the story goes on, you'll see that Norman Baker was a fucking hypocrite. Okay? So Norman, on his radio show, preaches the gospel of alternative medicine. Okay? I'm not want to diss alternative medicine. I have honey in my tea for a sore throat. I drink peppermint tea when I have a headache, ginger when I've been vomiting and started an intrusive relationship with my toilets. However, if medicine made by scientists and studied in a lab can save my life, then I will go and see a fucking doctor. And I think everyone, everyone else should also as well. You have options, okay? There's so many options. Moving on from my ramble my rant my rants ramble so normie proclaimed himself as the champion of the common man against the ownership of class which is funny because normie was the 10th child of a wealthy engineer and inventor dude was already fucking rich but became richer by selling his pipe piano okay are you really a common man normie i don't think so but norman was super charismatic So people living in the town believed him. They liked him. They thought he was the nicest guy. I mean, Normie would go around always wearing like this white suit and a lavender tie. And then people began calling him the purple man. So yeah, Normie opens up the hospital and he starts advertising that he has a serum that can cure cancer. These advertisements blow my mind like it's something if anybody has played fallout okay <laughs> it's something that you would see in the fallout posters like um nuka-cola girl or something like that it just it looks fucking weird and i just uh oh, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever i see the um the posters because i know what had happened so i'll be posting them on our instagram so everybody else can get the heebie-jeebies with me So um, he doesn't, Normie, doesn't specify what type of cancer he's curing, just that he has the cure for whatever 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 cancer you got, okay? I'm sure you're all wondering what's in this miracle serum, and I can tell you, are you ready? Here they are. There are extracts from watermelon seeds, corn silk, and clover. Yep. You heard me right, <laughs> watermelon seeds. <laughs> people don't didn't know the ingredients at the time this happens but he was so charismatic that people flocked to give him pretty much shoving a shit ton of amount of money that they all had. Like any money they had, they shoved at this man So they could be cured or so their family members could be cured and so many people were ripped off. It was ridiculous So patients who came to Normie's hospital were promised that if the cancer wasn't cured in about three to six weeks They could come back free of charge except for the boarding the room the food and the transportation those you still got to pay for but you could have the watermelon seed extract for free but um, the examinations at the hospital consisted of checking a patient's heartbeat, staring at them a little bit, you know, pinching them a bit, and then some more prolonged eye contact. It was all very medical. As well as all of that, Normie also guaranteed cures for those with less dire conditions, which were just as ineffective, Inject. well, sorry, hang on, which were just ineffective injections regardless of the disease the patient may have. So like this person might come in and be like, oh man, I got fucking chicken pox. And Normie was like, babe, I got you. Let me just stab you with my miracle serum and you'll be right as rain. And then like that person wasn't right as rain, but whatever. So patients who were deemed cured, right, were sent back home and then they later died at home because majority of the time, the people gave all their money for their family members to be cured at this hospital and then normie would be like oh no they're cured they're fine he would send them home and then they would get sick again or like even worse than before and then these family members had no money to like to like um, seek treatment for them so they would have to watch their family members die really slowly at home because they had no money to even seek any other medical care it was fucking ridiculous So over 40 patients died while inside the hospital. That's all we know that died inside the hospital. So many more people died outside of the hospital. And when they passed, so the people who died in the hospital, when they passed, Norman would come and get them. And then he would like cut off any infected pieces of the body. So in more graphic terms, Norman would take the bodies down to storage do a botched autopsy and then remove any organs or bits of organs that were infected and then place them in jars like they're his own little trophies it's disgusting and we all know we know this now okay because in 2019 these jars were actually found they were buried behind the hotel after a landscaper made the discovery after she dug up a bunch of jars so she was just digging around she was just you know fixing the gardens or whatever else and then she hits like one of these fucking jars And boom they find every single jar that I don't know I don't know why he buried them but he had them buried so reports say that the jars looked to contain tissue and chemical concoctions along with jars marked as medical specimens after these were found they were sent for analysis to the University of Arkansas for medical sciences but they also found Some of the jars containing what normally called Cure number 5, which I'm pretty sure was uh, his miracle serum. Though nobody has confirmed that yet. Archaeological survey members also uncovered reels of 16mm film advertisements for the cancer cure. And a fucking bone saw. So like, yeah, saw pictures of it. It's ridiculous. They dig up this whole fucking jar thing and right next to it, it's like, oh, here's some film. And here's a fucking bone saw from my hack jobs, you know now for decades it was rumored that during the time the hospital was open the mysterious jars were displayed in the morgue of the hotel and normie did this to make himself look like a real doctor but there was zero evidence of this until the jars were discovered in 2019 so yeah before just a rumor 2019 rolls around they're like holy shit wasn't just a rumor he was fucking weird and you can still see those jars. Like, so they're currently being displayed at the hotel, which is known as the parts room. Within the hotel, down the basement, in the room next to where Normie would perform his autopsies. And, like, there are so many jars. They've got this whole wall, this wall of shelves, and each shelf has, like, jars, 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 jars. And they couldn't even display all of them. So um, I think it's across the room from the wall. They have um, like a locker that is just full of more jars. It's ridiculous. Through the roughly two-year ownership of the hotel, authorities had tried to shut down Normie multiple times. The Federal Radio Commission even revoked his broadcasting permit, but Normie was like, fuck you, and just moved his station to Mexico and increased the wattage. And there was a moment where Normie was in prison for practicing medicine without a license. But the guy literally only spent a day in jail. One fucking day, okay? However, what eventually brought Normie down was mail fraud for posting materials promoting his cure. And I know what you're thinking. Yay, oh my gosh. He stayed in jail for the rest of his life because he killed so many people just by being a twat. Um, wrong. Here I am bursting your bubble because the wanker only spent four years in Leavenworth and then retired to Florida, where he got to live out his days peacefully off his daddy's money until he died in 1958. (sighs) And we can all agree that Norman Baker was a bad guy. Now onto the ghost stories, because I like the ghost stories, okay? (laughs) So during the construction of the hotel, um, an Irish man had fallen from the roof of the hotel and landed on a goddamn fucking pole. Impaled, friends. He was impaled, okay? Not the best way to go, very sad, Um, but the employees at the hotel have given him the name Michael, because of course he decided he was going to haunt the place, and they say Michael's a bit of a ladies man. He'll stroke a woman's cheek, pat her head, tickle her side, watch them fucking shower, the little pervert. But the place where Michael was impaled is what is now room 218 in the hotel, Apparently, this room is the most active within the hotel and Michael is classified as a poltergeist due to the activity that happens in room 218. Guests have witnessed what sounds like cries of someone falling. The door will open and then slam shut and then you can't open it again. Like, people have tried. They just cannot get it open. Then people will leave the room and come back to their things being moved around. Lights will turn off and on by themselves. He's a pervy little prankster. So, another story was when this poor waitress was just doing her job okay that's all she was doing and she happened to look up at this huge mirror between the doors from the dining room to the kitchen and she saw a man and a woman in victoria clothing facing each other like they were about to be married i need a burp i'm so sorry hang on okay (laughs) the waitress says that the groom turned and then had prolonged eye contact with this waitress before the couple faded away The waitress then called it quits. She was not dealing with that shit. Can't say I blame her. Okay. Another story is that employees will still see a man dressed super fancy sitting at one of the dining tables and asked, and when asked for his order or what have you, the man will respond with something along the lines of, I saw the most beautiful woman here last night and I'm waiting for her to return. The man will then ignore the employee. And when the employee returns to see if he'd like to order, he won't be there any longer employees and guests alike have also reported seeing apparitions in victorian ball attire dancing around the dining room during the early morning hours when the room is closed and dark there have also been apparitions seen in the hotel's basement most notably the sighting of a nurse pushing a gurney and if you don't see her you'll hear the gurney squeak and rattle in the cold concreted rooms (laughs) no thank you oh my god i would shit myself like literally shit myself oh if you were to stay in the hotel you may also come across an apparition named theodora in room 419 and can i just say the name theodora is so fucking pretty oh my gosh i absolutely love that name and i was very close to naming my daughter that anywho Theodora always introduces herself as a cancer patient of normies and then she vanishes. Oh, vanishes. Can't say that word. Mm. And she vanishes after courtesy. Cur- oh no, what's happening? <laughs> so let me start again, okay? <laughs> Theodora always introduces herself as a cancer patient of normies and she vanishes after courtesies are verbally exchanged. Holy shit, that was hard to do. My goodness. So the ghost stories are endless at this place. There's one um, about the cook seeing a little boy playing in the kitchen. There's one about this couple that when they had been um, sleeping, they would be continuously tucked into bed. Okay, creepy. There's also one that gives me the absolute spooks. Oh God, it's where this couple checks into the hotel. They get into an elevator, step out onto the second floor and see this guy standing there wearing swanky clothes. Okay. He's got a smile on his face and he asks them if they need help getting to their room. The couple agree and the man leads them to room 221. They reach the door and this guy unlocks it and pushes it open allowing them to step inside with a smile and he just keeps tilting his head side to side with a smile. Which by the way is not okay and creepy as fuck. One of the two realized they had forgotten to tip the guy and turned to give him some cash, but the guy's vanished, okay? Their couple is like, whatever, if we see him, we'll tip him. Anyway, they go about their day, and when they're done, they head back to their room. They try to get into their room, but the door refuses to open. The couple are like, what the fuck? That guy opened the door, why can't we? So they go back downstairs to the front desk, and they're like, the key's fucked. But the staff member checks the key and says it was a mix-up. They were given the room to 321. The couple tells them about the guy showing them to their room, describe him and everything. But the staff member just says there's no such person presently working at the hotel. That would ruin your day, wouldn't it? It would certainly ruin mine. Fuck that right off. Anyway, that's all I have for you guys. If you'd like this make sure to give us a follow on instagram at the wicked sisters podcast you got a spooky story you want to share could be anything people ghost aliens aliens, send it our way to our email at the wicked sisters podcast at gmail.com bye bye oh my god bye uh...